0: wow i could really use current i also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales i guess i'll just go to their website at current.tech transform your home in one weekend with paint from menards get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color dutch boys duraclean interior paint and primer in one offers stay clean technology making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boy's easy-opening, smooth-pouring container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy Paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money at Menards.
1: Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aide, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. <laughs>
2: Hi everyone, welcome to Auto Call and welcome guys to another off-season episode. This week we are doing a kind of math season recap with someone who is a writer and author, and she's written her own book titled Apologies I Never Got, that's about dating and relationship horror stories. And she also has articles on Reality Blurb and the Hollywood Times. And she writes about reality shows like Love is Blind, Sister Wives, and of course, our beloved Married at First Sight. Everyone, welcome Bethany Nicole.
3: Hi, thank you for having me.
2: Thank you for coming. So Bethany, tell us your journey with maps
3: Oh, wow. Um, I mean, of course, I was initially a fan and... Then um, I kind of just started blending my writing. I do a lot of relationship writing, and I came across um, a reality TV site that was looking kind of exactly for that, for people who could do predictions about the couples and kind of analyze their relationships a little bit. And um, so I just got started with them, and it kind of became its own niche. And so I do a lot of it. Um, Now I get to actually get paid to watch the show, which is so nice. Um, to have a hobby become (laughs) your source of income. Um, So yeah, that's mainly what I do with it now um, is the relationship prediction and analysis for the different couples and different sites. And um, my last one was in the Hollywood Times, which was pretty exciting for me. Nice. So have you been watching
2: the show from the beginning or did you join Midway or what's your journey with that? The viewership.
3: Um, I mean, from pretty much when it began, I kind of went on and off with it, like missed a couple seasons here and there. Um, But I mean, I'm all caught up now. But yeah, I mean, it's been on and off since it began, pretty much. I love Lifetime. I love everything on Lifetime. So yeah, I've been a fan from the get go.
1: So Bethany, have you already started watching your Lifetime Christmas movies?
3: Oh man, I've been saving up for it. I've been like waiting for (laughs) them to all come out so I can binge them at one time. So I haven't started just yet, but I'm ready. So back to maths, what do you like best about maths
1: and what do you like least?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think for the most part, I like it because I do really feel like a good chunk of it is really about love. Like I do feel, I mean, obviously some contestants get on there and want to, you know, grow their Instagram or whatever, but I think really the premise of it is people who want to get married and it's, you know, two couples or it's couples, two individuals that are a couple that are trying to make it work versus, you know, some of the other shows where it's like one, you know, one guy and like 20 girls competing Cause I feel like that's a little bit less about love, you know? And so I really Mm -hmm. think that at the end of the day, Married at First Sight is about love. And I think that it's so cool that even the couples that don't end up working out, um, but that walk away with like all this knowledge about themselves or relationships in general. I just love that about Married at First Sight. I just feel like that's such a cool takeaway from it. Um, And then I guess my least favorite part would be, you know, watching like, when some of the individuals come on there that really you can kind of tell like, oh yeah, they're not in this for the right reason. That's always kind of a bummer.
2: Oh, well, I think that's interesting. Like, are there examples of people you think were not there for the right reasons?
3: Yeah, like, Matt um, Gwen from um, the Charlotte season, season nine, for example, or, you know, Zach of like Zach and Mindy. Like there's, yeah, there's been a couple that you're just like, wow they really are not here for anything good I think the
1: funniest thing about Matt is I don't think he was there for like clout I really just think that he had nothing to do and was like why don't I do this
3: (laughs) that's exactly yeah that's exactly it it's definitely the vibe that he gave off isn't the
2: running joke that he didn't have a place to stay? Because he was playing overseas. So just Yes, running.
3: like he didn't even have a home. And like, yeah, I feel like maybe this show was like his job and source of income. And like, they're like, yeah, we'll give you a place to stay. He's like, great. Sign me up. Sounds good.
2: I think the other part of it also is a lot of these people think they're ready to get married. And maybe they are because this is just a weird situation to be in and they get mm-hmm. into it and they're like oh my god what have i gotten myself into and it becomes too much for them yeah and it's nothing like they thought it would be yeah um,
3: definitely. definitely
2: so you once um one of the articles you've written you did a ranking of the top math seasons that you have to watch and you had new orleans as number one which i think We agree with it. We did a ranking once some time ago, and we both had it in our top two. Um, What about New Orleans made it your top season? And to flip it around, I'm going to put you on the spot and also ask you what your least favorite season or what seasons were at the bottom and why.
3: Yeah, I think New Orleans was my favorite just because – it really was just such a unique season. You know, they shut down with the pandemic. So they were have to, they were having to film themselves and they were, you know, stuck together for so much longer. So I think to me, that was just a really interesting twist on the experiment. And then you had, you know, so many couples that did actually make it from there and you have, um, you know, a couple that are still together. And yeah, to me, it just was such an interesting season because it had all these different dynamics going And I don't know why there's just something like good feeling about that season. I feel like when I ask people that's always in their top five, like it's even beyond, you know, something you can explain. It's like, I don't know. It's just, it's fun couples. It's interesting. It's like, you know, extra drama with the pandemic. And I don't know, it just was one of those. And I'm like, if you're going to watch some seasons of Married First Sight, you should really start with New Orleans, (laughs) like really get the feel for it.
1: For Um, us, it was like our first season that we covered as a show. So I think for a while there, I was like, oh, we just really must be biased because we covered it for the show. And that's why we like it so much. But as the years have gone on, like so many people love that season.
3: Yeah, I'm telling you, there's just
2: something feel good
3: about it.
2: I don't know. I agree with that. It gives you warm, fuzzy feelings. That's it does. It
3: does. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, I'm trying to think of least favorites. I mean, I would say maybe like season two and three, somewhere in there, like the um, the Miami season. I didn't love that one. I don't think that's also that one that's usually in people's bottom five. I mean, I think a lot of people that I've talked to are like, I, I didn't even watch that season. And I'm like, well, you didn't really like <laughs> miss a lot. I don't know. It just, uh, I liked season one a lot. And I liked you know, most of the other seasons, but just kind of the Miami one, I was like, oh, I don't like this one. I don't know. It was just kind of boring and long and, but also dramatic in like all the worst ways. I don't know. <laughs> it just
2: wasn't my favorite. Yeah, I can see that. I think for me, it would be probably season two, the one with Davina on there. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah I think that's, down yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I binged season two at some point after we had started the show, and I just, um I wondered if I didn't like it because the format was just so different. Like, it's a complete, not a completely different show, but it's very different from what we have now.
3: It is. The first three or four seasons are so different. It's like three couples, they don't even meet each other. They go on, like, separate honeymoon locations. Like, it's just very, very different. <laughs> but they do have the experts. If you see in like season one through three, the experts are like all over them and those, they meet with them like all the time, like before the honeymoon, after the honeymoon, it's like, you know, very different than how they appear now, I guess. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think we are like- working towards not even having experts at the rate that we're going.
3: I mean, it's, yeah, it's unreal. Like, um, Especially with some of the situations that get really out of hand and you see like the producers stepping in, you're like, shouldn't an expert be there? (laughs) Like, shouldn't someone like intervene? Like people are throwing like pieces of furniture and there's no experts. But like in season one, it's like the couples like slightly disagree and the experts are like right there. (laughs) You're like, this is very different.
1: So, Bethany, of all the couples that you've ever watched on MAPS, who's your favorite or who are some of your favorites?
3: Oh, man. That's a tough one. I mean, you know, you got to kind of stick with the classic of like, you know, Jamie and Doug from the first season. I just, Bethany yeah, that's, that's like that's such awesome. a MAPS fairy tale.
2: Bethany we have to pause right here we have feelings about Jamie here and we'd like you to expand more on Jamie and Doug being one of yeah. your favorite what do you what is it that you like about them
3: I like their story I do have feelings about kind of their publicity stuff now I think that there is definitely um some marketing and attention seeking type stuff. And I do worry that it might've affected their relationship, but I liked the initial piece of them having all these differences and like her not thinking he was attractive and then, you know, getting together and making it work. I kind of like that mass fairy tale of it, like trusting the process, I guess. Um, But I want to hear now. I'm curious what you guys have to say about them. Like, I'm curious what your thoughts are. I never
1: watched their season. So all I have is Jamie when she hosted, back when it was called Unfiltered, mm-hmm. and her weird
3: social media. Um, social media <laughs> so, is very so I am... That's what I mean about the marketing that I feel like has gotten a little bit out of control for her. <laughs> but um, their season, like their actual story, I thought was pretty cute.
1: They also, because I know a little bit of how they started, they provide, like, the blueprint for, oh, they're not attracted, but maybe they can get over it. Look up Jamie. It's a Doug. Um, but so far, I don't think that that hope has ever gotten me anywhere. Uh, Tane, what do you think of Beth and Doug? <laughs> Since you um, actually watched the season.
2: I think for me, I think you kind of poisoned me because it's like, yeah, it was nice because, again, there were the flagship. There was nobody else to compare it to. But it's also like when you use that as a selling point for your life, over and over saying how much you weren't attracted to your husband, but now you are. It's like, how do you get over that? <laughs> like, it's not like it happened in the past and kept it in the past. It's like it keeps coming up. Look at us. I didn't like you. You didn't do this. And that thing, I don't know if you watched the spin-off when the season one couples had a spin-off, I forget what it's called now. And They just still had more and more issues. And recently, I think like last year, um, I was listening to their podcast where Jamie didn't trust Doug and she thought he was having an affair with their nanny, but it's her insecurities. And it's just, he has to reassure her all the time. Every time they celebrate an anniversary, I am surprised. And this is not to say that there's no ups and downs in marriage. Of course there is, but it's just... Everything they share with us, which is a lot,
3: too much. So
2: (laughs) it's very worrisome.
3: (laughs) It is very worrisome. Like, yeah, that. I mean, I could get into like a whole backdrop of why I think Jamie's psychology is very wrapped up in what other people think of her. Because, I mean, there's yeah, there's so much. There's so many layers there for that. But I think, you know, aside from that, I just like kind of their story their fairy tale piece of it i guess i mean the reality of them might be a little bit um less than that but i did like the whole trust the process make it work fairy tale piece of it and i'm not sure how much of that is like a storyline and how much of that is genuine but again with like married at first sight who knows you know and um yeah, yeah i mean they wouldn't be my all time favorite but i do like their kind of like overcome the obstacles piece of it I guess um
2: no that right. makes perfect sense And because it was the first season I think I think je- personally it was genuine like I believe that part that you know she got to know him and I totally get what you're saying in terms of trust in the po- process which is something they all need Is like you were matched for a reason so
3: yeah yeah or um, even just like you know Everyone that does the show always, I mean, for the most part, always says that they learned something from it. So it's like, you know, maybe even just trust that process. Maybe you don't have to trust that, like, this is your soulmate. But, you know, I like Mm -hmm. kind of that thing of, yeah, there's at least some reason that maybe you were paired and you might as well just try to figure out what it is. Yeah, that's true.
1: So I would be very interested in your Cliff Notes version of why Jamie is wrapped up and by people of what people think of her.
3: Well, let's start here. So she was also on The Bachelor. I think most, or I think a good amount of people know that she was on The Bachelor before Married at First Sight. And then she has, I mean, the types of social media posts are unreal. I mean, there's sharing and then there's like what she does, where it is like every moment of her life, of their life, of their children's lives. Moments that really like children should not have a camera in their face. We do not need to like, she literally will show us the peed on like pregnancy test sticks. And she's like, oh yeah, it's still wet. Cause I peed on it. And you're like, why are you sharing this on social media? It's just like stuff. And they're all like that. I mean, and you know, she kind of portrays it as like, oh, I'm being authentic. I'm being this and being that. But it's like, you know, even when she takes breaks from social media, when she comes back from it, it's all like videos and pictures that she took while she was like on this break. And it just seems like her entire sense of validation is completely externally based just from all of these types of things that she posts and says and does. But that's, I mean, that's my like humble opinion, of course, but I think it's hard to look at her social media and not see someone who is really looking for that external validation because most of us would not share even a quarter of the things that she does. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, that's true. But I mean, there's something for everyone. So as much as we have our feelings, there's still other people who also like, you know, relate to her. Yeah, and definitely. feel like you know, she's doing, you know, works for them. But I do apologize for interrupting you. I was just really curious when you said Jamie and Doug, I don't know if you had any other couples that were your favorites.
3: Um, I like Brianna and Vincent. I thought they were a cute little, and now they're expecting a baby. Um, I thought they were a cute match. Yeah, and I'm trying to even think. It's hard because, you know, there's couples that are together and say, you know, yes on decision day, and then, you know, a couple months or years later, they're not together. And you're like, well, you were my favorite. Can you still be my favorite, even though you're not (laughs) still together? (laughs) um they can still be your favorite if they're not still together <laughs> <laughs> um what your favorites are what are you like what are your favorite couples
1: um I think we share a favorite in Imani and Woody I think they're just America's favorite couple yeah
3: that is definitely a classic <laughs> couple yeah for sure
2: yeah We like those. I like um, what I call my boring couple, which is Jessica and Austin and Anthony and Ashley. There's nothing really exciting, but they're settled and they're comfortable with each other. And they're the good examples of if they took the show really seriously and focused less on the drama, this is what could come out of it.
3: Yeah, I feel like Jessica and Austin were, I don't know, I would say top five drama free couples that have ever been on it like I can't even I feel like they had maybe one or two disagreements and that was it they were so focused on their own relationship and they had that season that was so wild so dramatic so much going on and with their co-stars and even through all of that they were just like like kept their heads down and kind of just worked on their own relationship it was really impressive yeah Kane has actually sold me on a couple through her commentary
1: um, Stephanie and AJ are one of my favorites just because oh, they're on their show. <laughs> yeah. I liked them, but I feel like they're kind of odd ducks and they fit perfectly together.
3: They are. And I follow I think Stephanie on Instagram and they are always doing stuff. Like they're always going on these adventures and like living their best lives. Yeah. Like, and it's been years, you know, since their seasons went on. Yeah, they seem like they really were just like truly compatible lifestyles and couple. Yeah,
2: they're on the same page. Imagine if one person wanted to do all of the things and the other is like, yeah, I just want to stay home. I'm tired. So they're compatible (laughs) in that way.
3: (laughs) Yeah, definitely.
2: Definitely.
1: We don't really hear from them anymore, but I'm always curious what Keith and Christine are up to.
3: Oh, I know. Yeah, Yeah, they were on the... um, You know, the couple spit off, and then the last we heard, there was, like, that RV incident, (laughs) but... (laughs) That was
2: such a made-up (laughs) storyline.
3: So random.
1: So since we've gotten into talking about other couples, Tane, do you have
2: any updates? Yeah, just a few. I think the biggest headline this week was we've been, you know, speculating about Lindy from the San Diego season. And she put Mm -hmm. out a statement and she said that she and Miguel are navigating their marriage. They've already shared so much with us. Um, And right now they would like their privacy while they navigate it. And she captioned this with the new wedding photos that we saw in the, I don't know, it's not after the altar, what is it called? Where are they now? Um, Special but I don't think anything good comes out of using the word navigating to talk about your marriage. So,
3: yeah, that seems like a tough one. Yeah. They had some navigation issues, I guess, during their season. So I guess they're probably still working that out. Yeah.
1: I, um, I mean, the word navigate like you, Tane, I'm like, that is not a good word. Sometimes I wonder though, if you chronicle your whole relationship, you're just like, No more chronicling for us. But you don't actually need to make an announcement about that unless people are asking you where your husband's at because we don't see him on your socials. Yeah. There's a lot there. There's a lot there. I would
3: say so. I'm sure they get asked all the time, like, are you still together? Are you still together? Are you still together? But
1: if you are together,
3: then the simple answer is yes. (laughs) You don't (laughs) have to give any more than that.
2: You can just (laughs) say yes. Good point. I mean, so in a few months, it's either we get a please respect our privacy divorce announcement, or it's an Amelia situation where it never gets spoken of again and we just move on. Hmm.
3: Yeah. Um, I know, that one you,
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, Keisha, not a maths participant, but the host of the after party, announced her pregnancy today. I'm not quite sure how far along she is. Congratulations to her. But I'm not going to lie. I was just like, um, does that affect after-party? Is Jamie
0: coming back?
3: (laughs) Yeah, what's happening? I like how
1: your initial thought was my first initial thought. I'm like, oh, congrats on the baby. Are you going to be doing (laughs)
3: after-party? I have priorities, Keisha. She was in a Lifetime Christmas movie, speaking of. Yes. I saw a preview of it. Yeah. Yeah. I know
2: someone Someone sent us a message um, saying, like, oh, it's confirmed. I think you guys were speculating about her being pregnant. I do not recall us having the speculation, but we'll take the glory if that's what we <laughs> did. But now, <laughs> like, why did we even speculate that? I have yeah. no
1: recollection okay. of us speculating that. I never thought Keisha was pregnant. So does she have maybe... kids? This is the thing. Does she already have kids? I thought she did. Yeah, she does.
3: I thought she did. Okay. Yeah. I feel like she's mentioned yeah. it on the show.
2: Yeah. Yeah, she does. So I don't know. I don't know if we did or if we didn't. But congratulations to her, and we'll see what happens. There has been no official announcement, except that the new season is coming out in January. But the little birdie told us that it looks like it's going to be premiering the 4th of January. So we're just waiting for the actual official confirmation. But if that's the case, we know these shows go on for, like, what feels like six months. But she said mm-hmm. her baby's is due in 2023, and, you know, she has a sizable bump already so curious to know how that's gonna go unless they just
3: make her watch it early (laughs)
2: and cram all the episodes in
3: well I'm sure they do that after party like you know during the I mean you know during the season I'm sure that they're cranking that out so she I mean they might already be close to finish filming it you know I'm trying to do
1: my, like, scheduling thing, and math is really not my thing. Math is hard, Um, yeah. (laughs) I'm like, wait a second. So they probably, if this is the January season, then they filmed it in, like, July? Yes, July. um, Which means they should have had decision day and everything already, which means, yes, they should be filming after party if, if they are so inclined.
3: Yeah, that's what I would think. So she's probably doing that, yeah, probably right about now. So, yeah, I'm sure they can knock it out before the baby comes, if it's not due till 2023. Bethany, do you usually watch After Party? I do sometimes. This season, I didn't watch it as much for some reason. I like it. I like Keisha a lot. I think she's such a funny host. Like, she's so good at getting (laughs) those, like, really personal questions, and, like, she doesn't shy away from it. Like, I like her as a host. She's so funny. Um, but yeah, I didn't see it as much this season for some reason. I got kind of behind on a couple episodes. So I was like binging them and I just didn't have time for after party. Unfortunately.
1: Do you have any preferences on who could pinch it if Keisha is not available?
3: Oh man. I know he won't, but Kevin Frazier would be so fun to have to the after. party. (laughs) That would be mine. (laughs) I
2: think mine would probably be amani
3: oh yeah yeah that would be good i feel like she wouldn't shy away from the tough questions either (laughs) like i think she would definitely (laughs) hold people accountable Mm -hmm.
2: okay so mika from the dc season um do you guys recall i told you that she moved I think she's in North Carolina right now, but she came back to D.C. to visit and she finally met Jess and Austin's baby. Um, to oh. your point, Bethany, you always talk about you talk about the things that, you know, they get out of it, even if the marriage doesn't work out. And one of the things that holds true with maps is the friendships that they make with each other on the season. So it's always nice to see that it continues afterwards.
3: Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, that's the the strange thing about the first couple seasons is that the couples didn't even get to meet each other during their filming. I feel like that would be really tough to not have other couples to talk about the experience with.
1: Because I've noticed that the season two girls, even though they never met each other during filming, they all like became friends and they'll occasionally post like, oh, we're all meeting up.
3: yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I think somehow they still they they still were able to make um friendships because even in season one Courtney and Monet and even Jamie mm-hmm. like they were good friends um I don't yeah. know if they're still friends because we don't see much of Monet but they managed to make it but I'm a proponent of going back to not meeting and interacting with each other I think it's affecting a lot of them right really? now
3: yes. I think this season we saw that a lot for sure. For sure. Like where it's gone too far the other direction almost. And last season, I guess, with the Alyssa debacle. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, (laughs) Finally, um, Lindy did a full launch of her man. I mean, we got a soft launch where we just saw a hand or something, but she's put him out there. She's giving him props and we know what our man looks like now. So, and she seems happy. So congratulations, Lindy. Sorry, not Lindy. I'm saying Lindy. (laughs) like Lindsay. (laughs) Lindsay from the Boston season.
1: And that's all I got. So guys, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you make can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work. Up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the EarnIn In app and verify your paycheck, then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. Summer is coming and it is time for all of us to go on vacation. You can use the money you earn from EarnIn In to buy a new bathing suit or some new clothes for your fun summer vacation.
2: Download EarnIn In today spelled E-A-R N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in call on the podcast. When you sign up, it'll really help the show. That's Altocall on the podcast. Subject to your available earnings location, daily max and pay period max. See earnin.com TOS for details. Earning is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero-Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like their Ginger Lime Mule and Grapefruit Paloma, which happen to be my favorites. You can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero-Proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% of the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash autocall M-A-F-S.
1: You guys know I don't drink very much. And we are back. And Bethany, we would love to talk to you in a little bit of detail about the most recent season, San Diego. Um, How would you rank it as far as math seasons go? On the bottom? On the top?
3: Oh, wow. I actually kind of liked it. I would put it kind of towards my top. I liked some of the... I didn't love all of the couples, but I liked some of the individuals and like even Morgan and Ben, like I didn't like them together, but I liked them as like people, I guess. And so I thought they were really interesting to watch. So I actually liked this season. I would put it in my top, I think.
2: So to make it easier, like on a scale of one to 10, what would you rank Mm
3: it? I would rank it like a seven. I actually really liked it.
2: That's pretty high. Yeah, yeah, I think it was a good season, especially after the previous seasons that we've had. So yeah. we're going to do a deep dive into each of the couples. Um, You did write a Zodiac compatibility article on the couples. So yeah. what we're going to do is like, I mean, you can speak a little bit towards that, but just go through each of the couples, and then you can let us know, like, you know, your first impressions, anything about them that surprised you or anything that you expected from them. And just like your general thoughts on them or anything that they did together, any scenes with them that stood out to you. And we okay. will start with Kristen
3: and Mitch. Yeah. So I really thought Kristen was one of the most marriage material like most ready for marriage of the group. I felt like, I mean, I felt like Mitch was not a compatible partner for her, but I felt like once she kind of started standing up to him, that was the only thing I saw with her from the get-go where I kind of was like, wow, she is really like putting the blinders on to make this work no matter what is going on with the relationship. But then when she started kind of standing up for herself and being like, no, I don't, deserve this or this isn't what I want I was like okay I felt like that was like the final step she needed to take to be like her best self and ready for marriage so I was just very impressed with her I guess as a person and I always thought that she was really you know came to it for the right reasons and then I don't even know where to start with Mitch but um astrologically they were actually probably the most compatible I would say of the group, um, they kind of struggled with it, but, uh, Kristen's a Virgo, Mitch is a Leo. We see a lot of Mitch's Leo shadow stuff happening. Um, but if they had been able to kind of work on that astrologically, they were the most compatible, I would say of the group. So in what ways
2: do you think they were, compatible like when you mentioned like there were the ones that were the most compatible like because we didn't see the areas in which they were compatible they just seemed to be like oh, most of the compatibility was coming from Kristen's side like just being agreeable to what yeah. Mitch wanted what yeah. do you think they could have worked on well Mitch could have worked on more
3: <laughs> yeah there was a lot that Mitch could have worked on um but I mean when I say they were compatible I mean kind of strictly astrologically speaking Um, Virgo and Leo are more compatible than a lot of the other signs are, and they can actually be a really good power couple. And so that's kind of just generally speaking, as far as individually. Yeah. You saw way too much of Kristen bending one way and Mitch not bending at all. (laughs) And so I think with that, there's not true compatibility in that if Mitch could have worked on some of this and gotten kind of out of his own head and and that's where we saw a lot of like the leo shadow where he really just had to be you know kind of this image of the most environmental person in the room everything had to be this certain way he was so worried what everyone thought about him and that's like a very classic leo thing to have going on um and if they could have kind of worked on that i feel like there actually could have been more compatibility But we just saw so much of the wound space with him and so many things he needed to work on that he just couldn't even see that he needed to work on, that they just weren't able to get past any of it.
2: So as much as Mitch had all of the things, like he was just not his best self during this experiment, Towards the end when he made it clear that he didn't want to be with her and everyone and Kristen just was getting offended and just saying like, you know, she'd leave the door open. Did you kind of feel like they were piling up on him? Yes. On that end or. Okay.
3: Yeah. I think again, it's that same kind of thing where he gets really in his head of like, he needs to appear a certain way. And so I think he was trying to kind of be, you know, nice to her and agreeable and but then I think he kind of got cornered and wasn't looking so good. And I think he just kind of lashed out and said, no, it's closed or, you know, whatever. But I think he was, again, just sort of feeling like he wasn't coming out the best in that scenario. Yeah. Um, But I think he, yeah, he got piled on basically. I think he would have been, you know, in really good shape if, he hadn't been kind of attacked (laughs) but I think his (laughs) what he was saying was valid it's like either yes or no um and he was like okay fine no if you're gonna back me into a corner it's no
2: do you have a standout moment that they gave us in the season
3: I I don't know I know she got some shade for it but I really liked Kristen's kind of side meltdown. I kind of like you know she maybe yes could have handled it better but I think about the time that if he had um, you know once again said something about an appearance like I think that's about the point I would have lost it to I mean she'd had to listen to that for the entire season and you know I think it was kind of cool to watch her finally stand up and be like mm-hmm. I've had enough this is not enough you know. So that was kind of my my favorite moment for her. Um, but then I liked when they kind of were able to talk about, like, you know, we can part as friends. And we're really able to talk about, like, you know, maybe we're not a good match, but we've learned a lot. And I think they kind of ended on good terms, which is nice to see. Yeah,
2: I like the poolside moment, if only she had stuck to it. But it seemed like the next day she was back to accommodating him. Again.
3: yeah and then I think she even apologized for it a little bit yeah. at some points and it was like no don't apologize stick to it yeah. <laughs> exactly okay um I wonder sometimes if these
1: sometimes people apologize because they're like what if it looks bad later
3: I think yeah and I think you know when you have a big emotional reaction even if it's called for I think that can be embarrassing you know that you're like oh well I wasn't cool calm and collected about it you know I think that's even if it's necessary to get your point across I think there's still just kind of that shame that we attach to emotional outbursts I guess yeah
2: okay uh, moving on to Stasha and Nate what were your thoughts on them
3: yeah I thought they were I mean they were definitely the least dramatic of the season But I also felt like they were actually some of the least compatible of the season, which is confusing because they didn't have these big dramatic blow ups, but they also just didn't seem to have a lot of emotional connection either. So I feel like sometimes couples when they don't have a huge connection to each other, like what is there to fight about? You know what I mean? And so sometimes I feel like that can almost be a sign that they're just not taking things to any kind of deeper level. And um, astrologically, they were a tough match to Stasha's Aquarius, Nate's a Pisces. Um, And so that's a pretty tough match in the world of astrology. It can be okay, but um, the way the Aquarius showed up with Stasha was just, she was very, you know, kind of business oriented. Um, She wasn't as tuned into her own emotions as well. And um, kind of didn't understand really how, Nate as a Pisces could be more of a slow burn where they take longer to kind of open up but then once they do that then they're really you know bonded and can go really deep but I feel like she kind of wanted it more to be a checked box situation and mm. that just was really tough for them I think to get past.
2: I think I agree with that I think um, I actually thought they were compatible but to your point, what you just said now, Stasha just wanted it um, right now. And Nate was a slow burn. And that's what I thought through the season. But then when we watched the where are they now, it kind of felt like Nate just wasn't in it. But I don't know if he just wasn't in it for another reason or because she just kept asking him to show up now emotionally. And that turned him off. I'm not quite sure what the, what came first, but then I could see that they were not compatible. in the where are they now?
3: Yeah, I think they were compatible as you know friends or as you know. I think they could have been compatible in in some of those ways, but I think as far as like a romantic relationship, even though they didn't have these big blowups and fights, I just didn't see them as really you know all that compatible astrologically or otherwise. I guess but I liked them as individuals. I thought they were really interesting.
1: Because they had such good sexual chemistry. It also papered over some of their lack of compatibility.
3: Yeah. That's kind of what I thought too. I think I even said it in um, one of the articles I wrote where I felt like they were really struggling emotionally. And so they were really trying to not cover it, I guess, but yeah, maybe, I mean, But they were really trying to focus on the physical to substitute it. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's not going to be enough for a marriage.
2: Yeah. And even then it was kind of confusing because the one time when they had that fight about communication and he said, I want to feel close to you. I want to feel comfortable walking around naked around you. And I think we talked about it a little bit and Abe pointed out, like, I mean, you're having sex, but you're not necessarily like intimate because that threw me for a loop because I'm like, aren't they having all the sex and being in the shower and all that? And he's like, I can't walk around naked around you. And It goes back to when Stasha says she felt like he was being surfaced. Did you think he was being surfaced or he was just doing the best he could, (laughs) which is not a lot. He's not used to being into (laughs) his emotions or he just didn't trust her.
3: Oh man. Yeah, I felt like he was kind of doing the best he could. And to me, it felt like every time she kind of pressured or wanted this answer, I was like, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? It felt like he backed off even more. And so I think by the end, it was just like, you know, they were kind of going in circles. So I feel like he might have, you know, opened up more if that hadn't been happening because she would ask him, he wouldn't give the answer she wanted and then they would fight so now it would probably feel like such a loaded conversation to have of like, oh, if I don't say the right thing, then, you know, we're going to get in a fight. And, you know, of course, it's disappointing to have someone not tell you what you want to hear or tell you that they love you or whatever. But, yeah, I think by the end, he probably was backing off a little more just because of how much they'd fought about it and how many times she'd asked him and, you know, all of that
2: let's move on to ben and morgan i'm particularly interested in what you have to say because you mentioned earlier that you like them as individuals and i can't wait to hear it especially about morgan <laughs> because again, <laughs> was she not your favorite out. i feel like that's a loaded
3: question <laughs> i
2: i i don't think we think she was her best self
3: <laughs> she was i don't think she was, but I loved her by the end, by the reunion, by the, like, where are they now? When she was like, yeah, I could have done better on that. I was like, yes. But, like, I feel like, yeah, that's why I kind of liked her as a person when she was, you know, sort of able to recognize her places for growth, I guess. That's what I liked about her as a person.
1: Um, I didn't care for her <laughs> as part of the relationship or as an individual um, but yeah, I'm um, totally curious to hear your thoughts about their compatibility and their um, and what you why you like them as individuals.
3: Yeah, again, I think what I what's really endearing to me is when people have like these kind of meltdowns or they don't present themselves very well on the show, but then at the end they're able to say like, "Yeah, I really didn't do well with that. I messed up." here's what I'm doing to fix it because I feel like that to me is so relatable and so much more relatable than someone who's like perfect throughout the whole season and they don't have any issues. And like, I can't relate to that. Like, I like when people are like, you know, really dig deep in themselves and, you know, I don't know. I just think that's kind of cool. And so I felt like Morgan and Ben both had really, um, you know, less than their best selves presented throughout the season. But then they both came back really strongly and Ben's like doing inner child work. And I was just like, yes, Ben, yes. All the therapy. That's awesome. So I don't know. They were kind of like my underdog favorites in that way, I guess. I I think that's why I like them as individuals because they had all these issues and things going on and then they addressed them. And It's like, yes, I like to see
2: that. I don't know if I'm biased because I already made up my mind about her but I cannot say that I 100% believed her what she was saying afterwards it felt kind of rehearsed because she kept saying the same thing over and over and over again and I'm just like is this for real and I, I by no means think she's a terrible person I just don't know how sincere it was or if it was more like a all right, I'm saying this. Let's just move past it. We're good, and I, I I think I can't remember if we talked about it, but I don't know if you are in the same wavelength <laughs> as I am. <laughs> I I just I
1: don't know if it was exactly what happened or her rehearseness at the reunion. Um, but she also said some things to Ben, even in after the altar that just were a little condescending. Mm. I don't know. I just I found her very uh, aggressive. Oh, yeah, yeah. And self-righteous. And I didn't buy that she really understood how bad she was. And also the experts never pushed her to be accountable. So it just, and it felt like she got away with a lot.
3: She did. And I felt like they really needed a referee because Ben was so avoidant. And Mm -hmm. he's an Aquarius. And that's a lot of how that presented with him of just being very avoidant. And so he would kind of just let her run over him with some of this stuff. And it was like, the more he let her do that, it was like the more her power grew or something, because it was like giving her justification and you're just like, Oh my God, where is an expert when you need one? And yeah. Yeah. So I felt like they really could have used that. Um, but yeah, cause she really didn't get held accountable for a lot of that.
2: It just, really,
3: it just really rubbed
2: us the wrong way. Like after whenever he spoke and she's just like, I'm so proud of you. You did this kind of like, you know, it's like my, because of me, you, you got to do this. And if this never happened, you wouldn't do this. It's probably not what she meant, but it's just
3: how we interpreted it. How, it. how it rubbed you. I could see that. No, I could see that. That makes sense. I just
1: consider it one of the great failures of the season that we never found out what exactly he said.
3: So oh we spent a God. lot of time I judging
1: know. her reaction, but we never knew what she was reacting we never to.
3: never heard what he said. <laughs> and they're on camera all the time. So like, you know, it's recorded somewhere. So why didn't we get to hear what he said?
2: Yeah, it's just crazy how whatever he did was so unforgivable and she couldn't come back from it now that's the part that I hope she's actually working on like you can't have such strong reactions in life or else you're going to keep everyone out of your life
3: yeah and I think that that was again yeah where an expert would have come in really handy for her in the middle of all of that happening to be like hey, you know, you can't be this reactive or because you're undermining what you're saying that you want. Like you say you want a good, healthy relationship, but you're undermining that with this like extremely reactive, aggressive, almost abusive at times behavior and just kind of holding her accountable for that and letting her see how it undermines her relationships because, yeah, you can't walk around doing that or you're going to tank all your relationships and this one she didn't care if she tanked but you know the next one she might care if you know that it lasts a little bit longer than this one did
1: it's super interesting because it's like oh we all want to know but they weren't interesting or compelling enough as a couple for anybody to do the digging that we need to find
3: I out. Know. I know. Because At that point I think every like the fans had given up too. They're like, oh god, this again. Like, all right, fine, whatever. Like, just get a divorce. Like if we're gonna fight about this same thing the whole season, like just go your separate ways.
2: Yeah, we truly appreciated that they didn't drag it to decision day. Just submit the call and time of death in the middle of the season so
3: (laughs) yeah the the part that I think really got me for them where I was like oh this is now definitely over is um where they were reading like the letters to themselves or whatever like the letters to the yourselves and she let him go and read his and then she's like yeah I'm not gonna read mine because I don't trust you and I was like wow that is (laughs) that is really yeah this relationship is over like there's no coming back from that it was very unnecessary I know I mean I didn't understand why you wouldn't just say like hey I'm not gonna share mine because I don't feel in that space with you so maybe don't share yours too but she was very like okay go ahead and share yours oh okay now I'm not gonna share mine I was like that's that's kind of borderline abusive like that's really mean if nothing else it's just really mean
2: Yeah, just don't show up. But I think she made the comment that she was going to make him. She said, I'm going to stay in this marriage and I'm going to make you think about what you've done to me.
3: Yeah. And I was like, wow, like so punitive. Like again. Yeah, that's. I don't know. That was intense. We definitely saw. I mean, and I think it was just interesting because they really were like the perfect triggers for each other because she had all of those things around, you know, her father, like not being on her side and not being, you know, a person in her life she could trust. And then she gets like, the one guy out of the group that is like, the most avoidant and goes to other people, you know, for the problems. And it's like, he was like her perfect trigger to bring out all of this stuff. And then he was so avoidant and she was so aggressive. So it just like triggered his avoidance even more. And I was just like, wow, yeah. they are like the perfect triggers for each other.
2: That is so true. I think she quote unquote, his weakness annoyed the crap out of her. Cause she kept saying. Yeah. And made it made her like,
3: I swear it was like, and it's interesting cause she's okay. a Taurus, which is the sign of the bull. And I swear like the more avoidant he was, it was like, waving a red flag in her face and she would just start charging over him. It was like unreal.
2: (laughs) Okay, so we will take a break and come back to discuss the remaining two couples. Ladies, you know that vicious week before your period where you feel like you want to crawl out of your skin, you feel a little bit down or off and those cravings when you feel like you could eat anything in sight? Well, there's a solution for that. Now it's easier to manage your PMS with Astro Control. You have to try Hormone Harmony.
1: Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. And it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ALTERCALLMAFS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S for 15% off today.
0: You have one unheard message. I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. So next up
1: is the one that we think are almost on the way to being done. Lindy and Miguel, what did you think of them, Bethany?
3: I mean, I actually felt like they were gonna be the ones to make it at least a decision day um they are astrologically pretty incompatible and you see that present a lot and miguel's sister even like brings it up at the family brunch she's like those are not compatible signs (laughs) and they're really not but um but it's interesting because astrologically they're the least compatible but in like the real life they were i guess probably the most compatible because i think you know, they're the only ones really still together. So it's just interesting. But um, yeah, I think that a lot of the problems that we saw between them were actually like really easily solved using astrology, Um, where you talk about like Lindy was having these like spin outs. And that's literally something that like in astrology, you call it the Gemini spins, like that's what they do is they have these it's just like an overflow of thoughts and so they just kind of like spin out and so when you're able to like recognize it know what it is and like talk to them about it then you can kind of bring them down but like you know for Miguel he just had no idea what was going on with her ever and so he was always so confused by these like very classic Gemini things that she did so it was interesting that that kind of like presented a lot but i think that so much of yeah what they had going on as far as issues with each other were just kind of communication spirals where they just were completely missing what the other one was saying
2: so i have to ask in the fight between take my last name and Give me insurance.
3: Were you team Miguel or team Lindy? (laughs) I was team neither of them. I was like, this is insane. (laughs) I need both of you to like think about what you're doing and saying like, yeah, I don't know. I really wasn't team either of them for that, but I'm curious what you guys thought.
1: I was Um, team Lindy because I'm all about people having health insurance and it's not that hard to add someone on your health insurance and it's not that hard to take them off. And you shouldn't hold a last name hostage for health insurance in America in 2022. And that's how I felt about it. (laughs) I
3: can see that.
2: At the the time I was team Miguel because I thought what Lindy was really looking for was reassurance, but she was saying it in the way of give me insurance and then you're not making me feel safe enough. But I'm like, to him, those were the two things that they were using to hold hostage to get reassurance from each other. And it was just kind of silly. In general, the argument was silly.
3: It was, it was the, that's, a, yeah, that's kind of how I felt about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it was and then just, I was like I, very curious about when she, okay. So they're in California. She said she didn't have insurance, but my question was like, does she not have insurance at all? Because in California we do, we have like covered California where you can just pay out of pocket and it's not that much and you have insurance. So I'm like, does she mean she doesn't have insurance, like through a job? Or does she mean she doesn't have insurance at all? Because I feel like that made it di- that makes a difference in my mind. That makes a difference. Does she not have insurance? Or does she not have good insurance? But well, we never really well, got that, to the bottom of that.
2: <laughs> but see, thanks for that insight. Because that was my other point was like, if having insurance was so important to you, you would have gotten insurance one way or the other. Because as long as as far as we knew, she's a PhD, right? Like she has a Good. Yeah. And
3: yeah.
2: And then to be so dramatic and say, like, if I got hit by a bus right now, you couldn't even do that to get me to the fucking doctor. I was like, well, if you got hit the week before you got married to him, what was your plan? So yeah. that was yeah, just like, how I felt about it. <laughs> we- yeah, I had a lot of, of
3: questions.
2: <laughs> we had a guest the week that episode aired, and for her, she just didn't like the way Miguel was speaking to her. She felt it was a little bit controlling and manipulative. And then, I mean, this was all before the um, prom weekend when Miguel was just, we don't know what he was going through that weekend. But That was so
3: intense. Yes.
2: That was so intense. (laughs) So we got to see a lot more of that behavior from him. So it's, it goes to say, like, do we really know who Miguel is? I mean, he seemed fine afterwards. Like he said, he was going through things, but it's like, which is the real Miguel? Because either way, that behavior came out of him. So Yeah,
3: I thought about that too. Yeah. I mean, he really just kind of acted like it was, you know, no big deal. And I was like, that was really awful. Like you were terrible to her like the whole weekend and just for no apparent reason, like I just really felt for her because. I think like she said something like, I feel like no matter what I do, you're upset with me. And that's like exactly how I would have felt in that situation where he's mad that you ask him to take a picture. Then he's mad that you don't ask him. Then he's mad that you're mad. And it's like, I would feel exactly what she said she felt like, I just can't. Okay. I guess I can't do anything right. And like, so I really felt for her in that situation. Like, I get it. That was really intense. Yeah. So
1: a couple that had a lot well do you have any more thoughts on Lindy and Miguel?
3: No, I think that was it. Yeah. I'm interested to see how they how they do in the long term. How they navigate their marriage, <laughs> quote unquote.
1: If they have one. If they, if they have,
3: have one, one. <laughs> they still have one.
1: So our couple that was quite a wild ride was Justin and Alexis.
3: What did you think of them? Oh my gosh. There were so many layers to that couple. There really were just so many. I don't know. They, I mean, really like, I hate to sum it up this way, but like, yeah, I just felt like they were such a mess from literally from the dog fight to the decision day debacle. Like I just from start to finish with them, I was like, what is going on here? (laughs) Like it was just so much.
1: I always thought that Justin was not quite right from the moment he showed up on the screen, from his explanation of his dating history, from his celibacy. He just always, he just always seemed like a mess to me. Um, And so I was pleasantly surprised when he and Alexis seemed to be doing good at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then when they went downhill, his, his really negative traits came out. I think some of her negative traits, I think he brought out I think they both brought out negatives in each other not positives yeah um and then they refused to let go they should have said no on decision day both of them
3: yeah oh <laughs> yeah it definitely should have said. No.
2: but we knew there was nowhere in hell Justin was saying no
3: yeah not after giving the dog away like I feel like he was like I've got to make this work <laughs> now that the dog is gone
2: I feel like Justin came in with a lot of insecurities. So he just played up everything. Like we have never heard a a groom talk so much about their dick for someone who hasn't used it for a while. He just kept talking about it a lot. And he just kept exaggerating everything. And I feel like he felt like Alexis was his end game. Like, I don't know if he felt he could pull a chick. Because I mean, I I thought Alexis was very attractive. Um, so I don't know if he felt, not he could do better, but maybe like physically he could do better than she was. And she was very receptive. Like, listen, there's not a lot of people that could put up with how emotional he is. This is not a knock on how emotional he is, but it's not for everybody. And she seemed to have it very well in the very beginning. But like she said, eventually, I don't know if it was sustainable.
3: Well, and I think that was the thing that kind of, yeah, yeah, like rubbed me about him was like, you know, his like the bottom line is his his emotions were out of control. Like he was not handling them himself very well. And he kind of like, anytime anybody said that to him, he's like, oh, it's it's not okay for men to cry. And it's like, dude, this has nothing to do with like, you being a man or you like, if a woman cried this much, you would say the exact same thing to her, right? Like it's, not about yeah. that, but he always made it about that. And it's like, it's about you not being able to like emotionally handle yourself and like having these me- like meltdowns and like asking her to, um, you know, be emotionally like sustaining for you. And that like, you know, that's very different than you being like, well, what men can't cry. And it's like, that has no stop that. <laughs> like that has nothing to do with <laughs> with what's happening here. And, And then, like, I just felt like with the reunion and the where are they now, like, he just went off the rails, like, accusing Native stuff. That park talk he had with Alexis, like, talking about her pH. Like, I was like, what is going on? Like, he just really spun out there at the end.
2: Did you think that Alexis should have, oh, do you think she owed it to him if she knew or didn't think there was a chance it was going to be 100% yes, let him give away his dog, Maya?
3: Oh my God, no. I just, I didn't understand (laughs) that fight at all. I was like, okay, why did the dog have to be given away? Like, why couldn't the dog just go stay with a friend or something for a couple months while they figured their relationship out? And then if they decided to stay together on decision day, they were 100% in could they make a decision moving forward from there? Like, I just didn't understand why the decision had to be made before they even made a decision about their own relationship that they're like, Oh no, we're just going to get rid of this dog. And it's like, now you just put so much pressure and resentment into the relationship for just no reason. And I just, I didn't understand the whole dog debacle from the get go. Like I was just so confused about why that even happened. Yeah.
2: Do you think that's what the beginning of the end was? them like just there was no way because his brother said something similar like there was no way they were going to recover from that dog leaving
3: no yeah I agree like I just felt like from the dog fight on that was that was the end
2: (laughs) well at what point did you think Alexis was done done with the marriage
3: oh man I don't, I don't know I really felt like she peaced out after the dog fight like she just started talking to them very differently and like not really like handling the relationship very well and it seems like she was just kind of in and out of it like some days she was I don't know and she would just bring up all this stuff and they would get in fights about like even when they would have kind of like calmed things down then she would kind of say something to like get it going again sometimes and I was like I just feel like she doesn't want to like be in this like I don't feel like she wants to be that close to him anymore.
2: <laughs> she definitely embarrassed him a lot of times.
3: Oh my god! I know they really took turns embarrassing each other. It was,
2: it
1: was hard
3: to watch.
1: We're trying to embarrass each other. I always, I always wondered if Alexis would have been more committed if it wasn't for the dog incident. Would it have been something else? Because they were so intense on the honeymoon, they were so. I don't, yeah, I don't, I always will wonder.
3: I would too, because I really thought on the honeymoon, like they did have some compatibility and like the first like breakdown that he had on the honeymoon where he was like crying about Ben or I don't, I don't even remember what all he was crying about, but like, she was really good with him about it. She was like, yeah, but you can't take on other people's problems. And like, you know, she like really like heard him out and was really, like, they were really compatible there for a little while. So, like, I felt like um, I was really surprised when it just turned so badly, like, the minute they got back. But, yeah, yeah. I feel like she was done around that time, too. Yeah.
2: Okay. Do you have any last thoughts on any of the couples, anything about the season that you'd like to mention?
3: Yeah, I don't know. It was interesting because there were a lot of firsts i thought it was so interesting to have the decision day reversal like that's the first time that's ever happened in married first Sight. <laughs> so that was like such a cool point of this season and then i guess yeah it's down to well i don't know i guess it's down to like one and a half because stasha and Nader's still like working it out i guess so it's one and a half we, couples still together
1: we don't know what's going on with them yeah, they're not appearing days. on each other's social media
3: yeah they i mean i guess they'd like officially separate it. i don't know i just feel like yeah so it was like a really wild ride down to one and a half couples
2: yeah he spends more time with bin than stasha according to ig so we don't know it's a world game at this point we'll see we'll see what happens Not that can't be a good
3: sign like that just can't be a good sign because i feel like the couples that like are really happy and still together would probably be posting a lot about how they're happy and still together you know
2: yeah especially nate nate was very part of what nate liked about stasha was like their image and he's really yeah. proud of that i think he wants <laughs> to show that off and also he's like really been touting his new YouTube channel and it seems to be a solo YouTube channel. You make more money oh, if you're yeah. a couple.
3: <laughs> yeah, because you would really try to leverage that if you were still together, I would think, because that would get, you know, twice as many like people watching as opposed to just the Nate show. Like I feel like not a lot of people are going to tune into that as much as they would if it was, you know, the couple, I guess.
2: Yeah, Aid always mentions the people who do well after maths are the people who stay together. So,
3: yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Okay. So, we're going to end this with a little maths game. We would like you, if you could do a little matchmaking and create five couples from past participants who didn't work out, who would those matchups be from any season?
3: Okay. I have. Three solid ones, one controversial one, and one kind of mean one. Okay. (laughs) Let's do do it in the order you mentioned.
2: Solid, controversial, and mean.
3: (laughs) Okay. So I always thought Amber Bowles from Season 9 and Derek from Season 10, I thought they would have been such a cute couple.
1: That's a good one.
3: Yeah, Uh, I thought they would have been so sweet. Because they're so nice. They're so fun. They had like similar values. I thought they would be such a good couple. Okay. So then I thought, I thought Brett from season 13 and Chris Collette from season 14, I thought they would have been a good match. Like they're both into like sports stuff and they're both really nice. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they would be each other's type, but I don't know. I thought they would be a good match. They both got kind of screwed on the partner end. Like,
2: No, I think they're the kind of people who make it work that like they were so committed to the process. Like as long as you were a <gasps> nice person, you feel their love tanks, they would have been fine.
3: Yeah, I agree. Um, okay. Then I thought, Noi from season 14, and Ben from season 15. Like, they were both so avoidant that I feel like it might just actually work. What happens when two avoidant people get together? I'm not sure, but it would be really interesting (laughs) to watch them play that one out. Like, maybe they would just never fight. I don't know, but it's, like, the clash of the most avoidant titans. Like, I kind of want to see it. It's going to be controversial, but I think after some very extensive therapy, Michaela from season 13 and Gil from season 13. Uh, I know, I know. Again, extensive, extensive therapy on Michaela's part.
2: It's not impossible because they're actual friends. Yeah,
3: Gil was really good at calming her down, I noticed
2: yeah and she seems to have done the work on herself i don't know she's quiet on social media now but um she seems to have done the work she seems she said she was diagnosed with adhd and that was part of the problem what she was facing but i think my only question would be if she was matched with the gill now or the gill during maps because i think they're two different people what do you think
3: oh that's a good question
1: oh i think gill always had the person that he is now underneath
3: he just covered
1: it up with, I'm a good guy. I'm <laughs> humble. I'm not into material things. Very easy not to be in material things when you can't afford them. Right. Um, <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> I speak from experience. Um, <laughs> um, but I, as much as your match is controversial, I'm like, I do kind of see it.
3: Right? Yeah. Right. I only say it's controversial because I feel like, So many people had so many opinions about Michaela, about her being matched with literally anyone. So I was like, okay, I'll go ahead and label this as controversial, just in case. Okay. And your final match? I feel like Matt Quinn of Season 9 and Alyssa of Season 14 would have been (laughs) made in heaven. Is it just
2: so he could be mean to her or? <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, it's so they could be mean to each other. It would be a perfect idea. So that's my mean match.
2: I think it would have been curious to see what Alyssa would have, who Alyssa would have been if she was matched with someone she was attracted to. So that yeah. is. I don't even know if that's her type with her cowboy things or whatever, but it would have been curious to see how she would have reacted to Matt. So, yeah. Yeah, but the
3: cowboy thing came out of nowhere because she didn't really say that in any other. She didn't say that until it was like she was already married. So, it's like, Mm. is that. And I kind of wonder. Because then she, like, immediately went on that date with Ryan or whatever. So I kind of wonder if all of her cowboy stuff actually came because she was into Ryan and was trying to, like, leverage herself to get with him. Because he admitted that she was messaging him while she was married on the season. So I'm like, that would explain why that cowboy stuff just suddenly came out of nowhere. So I'm kind of curious if that's, like, even really her type or not.
1: Oh, the thing about the cowboy thing is I I think I was always confused by it because there's like cowboy wear and then there's what cowboys actually do. And I was like, Alyssa, do you just want someone who's going to put on a belt buckle and some boots? Or do you actually want someone who like works with animals and like works on a working farm, maybe, or at least goes hunting? Like, what are you looking for, Alyssa? I don't know.
3: Yeah, because she was all animal rights activist and different things. But it's like a lot of the cowboys hunt. So like, where do you, you know what I mean? And a lot of them are not very liberal. Like, I mean, that's an overstatement, but you know what I mean? It's like, are you sure that's actually what you want? Or like, do you know what you want? I don't know. It just seemed like it came out of nowhere. Yeah.
2: Well, thank you for that. Those are definitely very interesting. Alrighty,
1: Bethany, thank you so much for coming onto the show this week during our off season. Please let everyone know where they can find you.
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, so my Instagram is Bethany Nicole Love and my website is Bethanynicole.com and that has all of my info and articles and new things going on.
1: Awesome. Um, that's it for this week. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at AlterCallMAFS. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. We love hearing from you guys. Feel free to drop us a line via DM or in the comments and you never know we might just mention you on the show. Don't forget you can also find Tane at the rewatch where she and Nana are recapping season six of Sex in the City.
2: You can find us anywhere you listen to your podcast. We appreciate you guys, and thank you for listening to our show. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. And if you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. We will have a new episode for you next week. See you guys. Bye.